everybody. Welcome to another episode of the HP podcast. The boys are back fresh from boys trip. I've got with me, of course, Brandon. Hello. And Ben. I'm back, but I'm already exhausted again. Yeah, I actually felt the same mm-hmm. way. My body felt physically exhausted just because the absurd amount of just absolute shit and that we ate. It wasn't even the types of things we ate. It was the quantity as well. Yeah. Oh, quality and quantity, quality (laughs) low, quantity high. I I ate once yesterday all day and I wasn't hungry the rest of the day until like midnight. And I was like, I am so hungry. And it's probably because my body over the last three days got accustomed to eating. You know, you're you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to eat like 2000 calories a day or something. If you know an an average diet or whatever, I probably did that five times a day from Friday through Sunday. <laughs> and then Monday, I was just like, one meal's fine. That's what I normally eat. No, it wasn't enough. Dude, nope. the gluttony is heavy on vacay. That's all. Yeah, I think that the night for me that really did it was the two two chicken sandwiches from uh, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And then large fries. Mm-hmm. And then I had mochi ice cream. Yeah. Though the night before with all the pizza rolls was... Uh, yeah. It was a lot of pizza rolls. I probably ate rolls. like a couple dozen pizza rolls. By my, well, I, so I didn't want to leave the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the pan and nobody was eating them. So I just like, I, I right before bed, I'm like, this is going to go to waste. They're just going to sit here all night. And so I just stood well, there. And then we left half a bag of pizza rolls there and I just like casually mentioned it to my wife and she was like, it was only an hour and a half away. Why didn't you just bring them home? Uh, those like, pizza rolls are in my freezer, bro. Are you kidding me? No. Don't tempt me. They're in the freezer right now. <laughs> but I was like, these are going to have to wait. We got to we yeah. got to wean ourselves off. Yeah. Right. Maybe we could just make one or two before we leave. <laughs> Pop them real quick. <laughs> <need a> graphics. <laughs> now, Brandon, what's funny about that is that I saw you eating the pizza rolls right before bed. Yep. Now, this is a classic <laughs> Brandon move. Well, I didn't. I just want to say I didn't even know there were still pizza rolls left or I would have been ingesting them. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're just sitting there. There's Brandon eat me. Now, when we were at PAX 2020, I recall I was brushing my teeth and other people were getting ready for bed, brushing teeth and stuff. And I heard the crack of a can and Brandon was opening a can of Coke. Mm hmm. Diet Coke. Yeah, set it by the nightstand. Just and you set on, it by the nightstand. Sip on it and go I to bed. S- <laughs> I swear you took a drink and then laid down. <laughs> That's not uncommon. Wow. I I shouldn't, but I do it a bunch. Okay, here's the thing, though. The thought of either drinking a can of Diet Coke directly and then going to sleep or eating pizza rolls and then going to bed, like, I can feel mm-hmm. the heartburn. Mm-hmm. You just got to lay on the one side because your stomach's curved. So you won't sure. get heartburn if you just lay on the one side. That's the pro move. Fuck See, your body. I'm hacking my own body. Wow. I have a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems in my life, but one of them is not heartburn. You're blessed. And I'm oh. very blessed. Yes, sir. I'm very happy about that. I don't have problems sleeping, typically. I don't sleep till late, but when I do sleep, I sleep hard. And then... Oh, you're hard. Oh, yeah. Hey. And then I don't get heartburn or any of the other bitch stuff you have. Mm. Yeah, it's it's... Usually I don't have a problem sleeping unless there's some fucker snoring incredibly loud in oh, the same room as me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, okay. So we were just to we'll specifically call yeah. out Josh on this one. Uh, but what was funny about that is that Brandon and I, so because there was limited space, which I think we've talked about this on the show, that if, if there is a large bed 
and there's no other spots. Brandon and I will sleep in the same bed. It's right. fine. It's all perfectly We usually give you the biggest bed, too. Right. And, you know, just out of consideration. And it's just something that Brandon and I went on many trips and had many sleepovers growing Grew up. Grew up together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. I don't feel weird sleeping beside Brandon. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's a different, deeper bond. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, sharing beds, whatever. But, uh, yeah. When when Phil and, and Ben both mentioned that they could hear the snoring downstairs ben you were on the other side of the house and on a different floor i was directly below but on a different floor yeah oh you're right yeah yeah you could hear it i was just surprised i have heard snoring i thought i knew what loud snoring was but i was a little actually impressed with how loud this man was snoring it went right through my um my earplugs yeah it was it it was rumbling yeah so the uh the, okay, first of all, <laughs> one time my dad was telling me about a trip. He went on like a men's church group or something. They went on a trip and the one guy slept on the porch because it was nice out and he just <laughs> liked to sleep outside and they could hear him snoring outside. Oh, is that why he slept oh, outside? So he was that like, might oh, have it's part no, of the dude. Yeah. Dude, that's even uh, worse. I bet you his mouth was just filled with so much pollen and bugs maybe, by the end of the maybe, night, man. Maybe. The other thing is, I, you know, Dustin and I, really, all three of us, we're very close. Right. I would, I would consider you guys... Amongst my best friends in the world. 100%. And when Dustin and I went on our first trip together, it was just he and I, and we were like, oh, we'll rent a room. Um, These rooms are really expensive. Let's just get a room with a king bed. We'll sleep in the same bedroom. Well, when we got there, it either wasn't a king bed or it was a miniature version of a king bed or something. And we both walked in and looked at the bed and looked at each other. We were like, let's get a different room. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was just like too small, too close. Even though I didn't really have a problem with it. But it was like... Our butts or something else are going to touch. Yeah. yeah. You can't okay. have that. No. It's inevitable. You got to have enough space to not touch. Even if you're in the same bed, it's, you know, you're bros. It's fine. Yeah. yeah right. But no. No yeah. touching. That was, oh, that was the E3 that uh, we stayed in two places. And since I slept on the bed in the first place, you, I slept on the, a couch on the second place. Yes. Very gentlemanly of you. I was very... I mean, there was no ge- there was no gentleman. It was just fair. It's just courtesy. It wasn't yes. okay. I'm not upset about it because we didn't know the situation going in. But we stayed in the first place longer, and there the couch was not really a sleeping couch. It was like a hard couch with like little decorative buttons all over it, like a Walmart couch. And so I was miserable. And then we stayed in the other place one or two nights as opposed to like four. And the bed was very comfortable, but the couch was. Not as comfortable, but it still looked okay. But Dustin was also ill at that point. Yeah, I was going to say the trade-off was I had the plague <laughs> <laughs> at E3. Mor- so. Moral of the story, if you gotta, if you got to travel with your buds, sometimes you got to just sleep in the same bed, and that's what it is. Here's the thing. Some people say, oh, just sleep head to toe. But it doesn't matter because the important bits right. are still in the same spot. Well, that's here's right. the thing. I would, I would rather be asleep and accidentally graze my bro and not realize it oh. then have their feet in my face and know it yeah, yeah i'd rather I, have agreed. my lips touch your the back of your head or even your own lips <laughs> right than your feet than your, your fucking mouth. feet yeah. yeah yeah exactly let's get real here <laughs> all right this is the hp podcast your weekly gaming podcast from handsome phantom thank you everybody for joining us uh, we got some interesting news to talk about today but before we do that i have to give shout out 
to our Patreon at patreon.com slash handsome phantom, where you can sign up for just a dollar to get this show early or $3 to get early access to our off topic show called HP After Dark, which if you want to preview it, I don't think it's mentioned enough. There is a free feed version of that. It's just a month behind. So check out that show. If you haven't yet, I highly recommend it. And last but not least, at the $5 level, you can get uh, your name read in the credits as a Patreon producer where you can get all kinds of street cred. People will be coming up to you at Target. They're going to be like, are you so-and-so Patreon producer of Hands of Phantom? And you can say yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can very proudly say why yes. Why? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Guys. Yeah. Big news yesterday. Mm-mm. Dropped out of nowhere that surprised me very much. This actually, I would say this news was shocking. Wow. Mm. I was shocked by the news. Wow. The news is the Vita and the PlayStation 3 live on. Say what? So as we talked about on the show, what? How many weeks ago? Last week and the week before. Last week and the week before. And a little bit before that with the rumors. True. That the Vita store was being shut down. You would no longer be able to purchase games and you would only be able to download for a undisclosed amount of time. Well, Jim Ryan comes out on the PlayStation blog. Big man himself, Jim Ryan. Leaves us a little letter. Now, I want to I don't usually do this on the show, but I want to read you guys the letter. Yeah, because I think it's important and we can break down the letter a little bit because it's I feel like it's a little different, different tone Mm -hmm. for Sony. It says, recently we notified players that the PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. Upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today I'm happy to say that we'll be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PS Vita devices. PSP Commerce functionality will retire on July 2nd, 2021, as planned. So we'll stop there. That's like halfway already. So... The key thing here, PS3, Vita, saved, as we said. But the PSP commerce, going away fully. Well, the only thing that was available for PSP still was microtransactions. Yeah. You could not purchase games any longer. Sort of. You could buy them on your PS3. And then import them. And then load them onto your PSP. But now that is also going away. Right. So it's already been in a neutered state for a while. The first thing I want to comment on there, you said we break it down a little bit. Yeah. He says we notified players, and that is an accurate statement because they did not notify developers before they notified players. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, very choosy wording there. So this is what I said at the beginning. Why PSP, Vita, and 3? Why can't it just be the PSP? It's clearly much older. The support has already been gimped, as you've said. And does Sony backpedal like this often no i would i don't think i would say they almost never do i can't think of a single time well let's read the next paragraph because i think that's a very fitting way to intro it it says when we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for ps3 and playstation vita it was born out of a number of factors including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on. I feel like that that <laughs> sense was a little passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read it for emphasis, but 
We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for their foreseeable future. So I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Hmm. So here are the takeaways. Number one, the main or the, the first reason given is due to commerce support challenges, which is something we talked about, something also Colin predicted as well was that it's a uh, clerical, mm-hmm. you know, you got to send out that check once a month to the game that sold two copies and has been on the store for seven years. Right. Companies that might not even exist anymore. Right. Now, something else that's a little interesting here is that uh, when I thought about commerce support challenges, I, f- I was thinking about the fact that Recently, there has been a full switchover of the PlayStation Store as far as the online store where you can no longer even view PS3 and Vita Mm -hmm. games. And also, I mean, the PlayStation on the the PS5. Right. So you got to wonder if maybe they just are like up. They have a full new back end, maybe for PS5. And they have this like old decrepit version of the store that they were like okay we need to shut this down because it's not even how we primarily operate anymore so i found the the line at the end interesting where it said uh i'm uh, i'm so i'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations do you think that ben that maybe they they figured something else out on a technical level or is that just like uh we found a solution in that we're not we're not turning the off button. I think that that was my first thought is that they weren't they were just they didn't have to do anything different. They just don't do it like they don't shut it off. Um, the second thing, and I'm sure we'll get to this, is there's the possibility we still don't know. Even from a developer standpoint, we don't know uh, whether or not you're still going to be able to submit new games. And if I had to guess, maintaining the existing store is a lot less work than allowing new games to come into the store. So if they can cut out most of the work, save some face, make a big PR move, and just allow you to keep buying stuff, that's a solution that they found. Yeah. Which, okay, yeah. I don't know. I'll just go off what you've already said. Uh, There has been no information. Barry tweeted this. Yeah, I don't mind saying what I my correspondence. Yeah. Right now, uh, no one knows what's fucking going on. Right. Uh, other than and I mean, it's that was clear when uh, the closing of the store was announced. Right. And now it's becoming even more clear because developers still don't know uh, what this means for them. Does this mean that you'll be able to certify new games or not? Right. Yeah. And. You know, we've talked about Ben's disclosure and that he's an associate producer for Lily Mo, But, yeah, you guys don't know anything right now. We do not. And um, Sony support has also not been able to offer that information. Incredible. And it seems to be a lack of knowledge rather than a lack of desire to give it to us. Mm. That's so strange because, like, I mean, clearly the money is made from the consumer. But... In order to have money be made from the consumer, you need to have product. 
And even if these smaller games aren't selling as much, I feel like it would still be pretty fucking crucial to keep people in the loop regardless. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess they're really just putting their resources where they're getting their money from, but I feel like that's not the best answer in the long run. I mean, you should really, if you're going to keep the store, there needs to be all the information, really, I think. Um, Not just like tidbits. I mean, this is clearly, the message they put out was clearly for consumers. Yes. Obviously. But like, why is there not equal representation on the development side? I don't know. Let's say, I mean, I want to go back to my earlier point from shows ago that this move might actually make sense. Let's say that there's only one person who's working on getting new games onto the store. Now, I think there's probably more, but let's just say it. One person working on getting games onto the store. When a new game comes in, they work with the developer to make sure it's on the store, et cetera, et cetera. They're the support, whatever. Let's say that person makes, including benefits, everything, salary, 150 grand. I don't know if that's high or low, but let's just say that. So the store needs to make 150 grand Sony profit to, or not Sony profit, Sony revenue to break even on new games coming in. At this point, I don't know if that's happening even. Mm. Now, maybe. I don't know. But there aren't, there's only been like three games released in 2021 as of the middle of April. So, you if, know, and they're all smaller games. If it is happening, it's not happening in the US. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. doubt. I don't know for sure, but I doubt there's only one person. No, I know for sure there's not only one person doing that. So like from a pragmatic business standpoint, that probably makes sense. And if the solution is we'll let you keep buying the stuff that's already on our, like they already have to have it there for people to download again. It's just a matter of letting them pay money for it if they want to buy it new. Right. You know, it probably doesn't cost too much to keep that part of the integration up. And it saves them some face. Right. So let's read the very last portion of this, because I also find it interesting. It says, I'm glad that we can keep this piece of our history alive for gamers to enjoy while we continue to create cutting edge new game worlds for PS4, PS5 and next generation of VR. Thank you for sharing your feedback with us. We're always listening and appreciate the support from our PlayStation community. Sony believes in generations except for the old ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they put the PS4 support on PS5 because they had to. I feel like if it were up to them, I don't know that they would have done it at all. Well, yeah, I think that if they could have uh, kept up with demand, yeah, that maybe they would have stuck by their we believe in generations. Yeah. Thing. But aside from that, I just there was the quote from few months back where Jim Ryan basically was saying that he was looking at uh, one of the old Gran Turismo games at an event. They had like a big Gran Turismo event, whatever. And they had some of the old games running at stations. And he was like, these look terrible. Why would anyone want to play these? Yeah. And so for Jim Ryan to say that I'm glad that we can keep this piece of our history alive for gamers to enjoy. It's a little out of not entirely out of character, I guess, but it's just, I guess, a good thing to hear him say in that Sony has had no care for any of its legacy, actually, in the past mm-hmm. 
few months. None at all. Yeah. And actually, they really haven't cared uh, for a while. Was the outcry that that big? For Vita? is For PS3 and Vita, obviously. I mean, I'm just trying to rationalize why Sony would backpedal on this. I think it's a bad look. It's just, that's, that's really it. They, it's just a bad look. They haven't, they haven't had a lot of wins recently. Um, not to say that I think they're doing bad. They just haven't had the wins that everybody else has had, which makes them look worse. Yeah. And you can chalk this up to a win. Yeah. You've also got, you know, dozens, hundreds maybe even, of news articles coming out about it. You've got some of the biggest proponents of not only backwards compat, but also um, pro Vita, pro PS3, whatever, coming out in opposition to it. Uh, you know, people who have been those champions for years who then rally their troops right. to, be, to, to talk about it. And, you know, they have to have some sort of social analytics that they can tell, like the chatter online and see. Well, it's just so like a, there's just no way it, they felt good about the reception. Right. And the Internet's just it's just a ripple effect, honestly. It is. Yeah. People because games media is so saturated, like and Sony's so big, you know. Yeah. It just it just echoes and ripples throughout the Internet. And I'm sure they saw a lot of that. And it's I think it's. It's important, I think, what's been saying. It's like, it's just a win. You know, right now they need a win. Yeah. They just take it from a big picture standpoint. Look at all the X moves Xbox is doing to preserve its legacy. Dude, Game Pass is hidden almost like every month. Yeah. There, there's there's good news and good vibes coming from Game Pass. Well, not even just Game Pass, but their, their backwards compatibility is a, mm-hmm. a point of focus right. for the company. It's not perfect. But it is a point of focus. Right. And here's what the thing at the end of the day is that. My theory. Backwards compatibility may be something that is not used very heavily by the majority, we'll say, of players. But despite that, it is a big selling point for all gamers, yeah. whether or not they use it or not. Right. And so. You have like if, if we take these, you know, we can make have specific like PlayStation shuts down PS3 store. But what does that mean? Like we can kind of extrapolate that. OK, Sony doesn't really care about that part of its legacy. Right. Sony doesn't tell its developers the, the, store, the PS Vita store is coming down, is going down. Translation to some people from the headlines. Sony doesn't even care or doesn't doesn't even give a thought. To its smaller developers is basically what that says right to a lot of people on the other side xbox uh you see small indie developers have insane success on game pass so it's like the positive and minus of each factor of the business so surely jim ryan was like well yeah this isn't making us money but it's not worth the pr hit right, right. now right so Especially because regardless of whether it goes down or stays up, I would think that this entire issue, this entire talking point ultimately would have saved them money by shutting it down. But I think keeping it up is not worth the negative PR. Right. Like, like this single talking point is not that much of a loss or gain for them. So they just decided to 
push the PR and forget about the cost at this moment because they needed it. It's just it's one of those things that doesn't have maybe doesn't have a tangential value, but the intrinsic value is huge. Right. Exactly. I'm trying to think. Is the so was it on this very podcast last tangible, week? not tangential? Oh, was it this very was it this time last week that we were talking about the death was last week, or was it the week before that? I think it was a couple right. weeks. I thought it was last week. We were, we've been talking about it since it happened. I just want to know if it's the third week he rose again from the yeah. dead. <laughs> That's oh, right. what I want to know. Damn, dude. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Damn, dude. Okay. Let's move on from there. Uh, we will obviously keep you guys updated uh, when we know more about if, if we're going to have the soft death, we'll say, of the Vita with no more certified games. Yeah. Because that would definitely be uh, a partial death for sure i got two bits of vr news Ooh. the big one that everyone's talking about that we don't have a lot of details of is that resident evil 4 is getting re-released again this game has been re-released over over, and over when did it come out initially 2000 something i want to say like between 2002 and 4 okay so what I, my gut says, one of those years. The first re-release, although it was really just a different platform, was the Wii, right? Or did it? PS2. PS2. Because, yeah, it was a GameCube exclusive, and then right. they moved it over to PS2. 2005. Oh, I was wrong. January oh. 11th. 2005. Okay. Yeah, this game was like GameCube, PS2. They ported it to the Wii. Didn't then it came to three? the... Three? did I make a... Couldn't you play that on PS3 too? Yeah, I think you'd eventually play it on PS3 and Xbox 360. They ported it to iPhone. It's on Switch. It's on PS4. Xbox One. Xbox One. (laughs) It's on everything. It's on fucking everything, dude. Dude, why are the Skyrim memes going around about this? Yeah. Because this has been remade more than Skyrim. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So it's getting re-released again, but this time it's going to be in VR. Specifically on the Oculus Quest 2. And more info about that is going to be released tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow, as far as the recording date. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, there will be more news. But uh, important factor for me, and Ben, you and I talked about this a little bit on Boy's Trip, is specifically this game is coming to Oculus Quest 2. And so I believe this is the first game that they are doing exclusive support on the Oculus Quest 2. Mm-hmm. You will not be able to play this on the Oculus Quest 1. Oculus Quest 1 came out in 2019. How do we feel about already getting exclusive Two-year life games? cycle. <laughs> yeah, two year, how do we feel about a two-year life cycle? I mean, I don't really... I do and I don't know... What's the biggest difference between the Oculus Quest 1 and 2? Some resolution issues. Resolution, but the main thing I'm pretty sure is power. Pretty sure it's significantly more powerful. So from one standpoint, if they want to make... We complain all the time about them not making games for the new systems. So in one sense, I'm like, well, if they, if they, if they have to dumb down the game they want to make to put it on the 1, and the 2 has probably sold more units than the 1 did, Yes. then probably makes sense from a business standpoint. Yeah, but from a does this feel nice standpoint, that kind of sucks. This seems similar to me because it's still hardware to me. Yeah. At the end of the day. So this would be similar to me. Not the same, 
but if they came out with the PS4 Pro and then they started selling PS4 Pro only games within two years, that's, yeah. what, that's what this kind of seems like to me. And I don't, I'm with you, Ben. I, I've said it many, many times on this podcast. I don't want the new shit to be held back by the old shit. But that being said, two years with the same piece of equipment, just an upgrade. I just, I just feel like that's not very good consumer wise. I really don't. It's the early adopter tax, man. Dude, that's what it is for sure. And that's what we were joking about is it's like, but, <sighs> but like the early adopters are the ones you want to please. I would think. Right. Right. Because those are the people that are going to maybe have, maybe they have both, which would delete the problem completely. But like, I feel like the early adopters get shit on, but those are the ones that end up spending the most money in the long run. I think sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time, but, but one and two, I mean, I'm not, it's been two years since one came out, but one and two came out like a year apart. Yeah. And like, we're getting the Apple territory here. Yeah. Where like you buy a new phone and in two years you can't use half the apps that are out for it. See, I feel like the iPhone's been really good about that. Lately. Yeah. Back five, six years ago, it was oh. like if your phone was older than nine months old, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I'm frustrated by this as a Quest 1 buyer. Yeah. How about that? To me, it almost feels like, okay, you have the Quest 2, and it's if it's really so much significantly better, and you released it just one year later, then maybe you should have just waited right yeah, and really. released the quest two as the quest and then had a longer life cycle for just that product if you think about it in order to play re4 in vr you have to have a facebook account yep that fuck that <laughs> that's <laughs> the other thing about just, quest just yeah. fuck that in general that's ridiculous mm-hmm. and i know it's been around for a while but i would like to reiterate fuck that yes um anyway <laughs> So, okay, let's keep, while we're on the Quest 2 train, Ben, you actually sent this to me while we were recording last week. Yeah. And then I forgot about it by the end of the show. Yeah, you did. It's all right. I just figured you didn't want to include it. No, I do. I do, because it's very exciting. Oculus Quest 2 is getting some big updates. The two big ones are, they're introducing a feature called Oculus Air Link, which will allow for PC VR streaming directly to the Quest from your home gaming PC. So this feature we've seen before, uh, specifically in an application called Virtual Desktop. It's not official, though, right? No. Yeah. It's weird because, dude, o- dude, Facebook and Oculus are fucking scummy, bro. Yeah. Because basically, if you want to use Virtual Desktop to stream your desktop VR games to your Quest, you have to buy Virtual Desktop in the Oculus Store, and then you have to do the... It's not a so- it's not a soft mod, but you have to open up your quest for developer accounts and then download a special version of virtual desktop because Oculus will not allow the feature. Or they wouldn't allow people to do that. It's because they were going to do their own fucking version. Right. But they didn't. They, well, they well, did no, now. now they did. Now they did. Is the reason there's not more outcry about these things, about the Facebook accounts, about the the scumminess you're referring to, is it because the VR community is more niche? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. less mainstream, and so they don't care if as much. If you had 100 million Quest 2s out there, or just Quests out there, you would hear way more about it. You would hear it. It'd be like PS4 or Xbox News. Right. That makes sense. I also think that... Or PS5, for that matter. It's not, it, 
the question for me always is that like I hate the fact you have to use a Facebook account on Oculus, but I have a Facebook account and I don't like there's so there's no there's no other device like the Quest. Yeah. So you either go with it or you, or you don't buy it. They got you. So that's like it's like Nintendo with their fucking yeah, really. the Mario 3D All Stars. If you want it, you got to buy it. If you want this game on your Switch, you got to spend sixty dollars. There's no other option. Right. So or unless you want to pirate it <laughs> and then not play it on your Switch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but isn't that every exclusive game, though? That's yeah. Not, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. But at least they don't take it away from you. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Regardless, though, I mean, this is exciting because if it works as well as virtual desktop, it is really incredible in the fact that you're running a VR game on your PC. It's being wirelessly transmitted to your headset. And I, I believe you'll need a 5G, 5 gigahertz yeah. router in order to do this. I found that it worked fantastic. Good. Right. So Good. this really is a game changer. And if yeah. it's more integrated, then it should be even better. Yes. In theory. Yes. Well, that, that also means that you have to be near your wireless output then. Not necessarily. Five, so 2.4 is extra crowded because everything runs on that, but 5G is, is way shorter of a wavelength. I never mm. even thought about that. They're actually... Not like actually, short enough to... I mean, most people's houses it's going to cover. You'd be surprised. So I was able to run it in my... Like I had it, my PC hardwired into my router. And I was using it up here, and my router is downstairs. Mm. No noticeable issues. No problems. Okay. I'm trying to remember though, uh, because I saw in this in their update they said that they recommended that you were, oh, roughly 20 feet from your Wi-Fi router. Yeah, but that's so subjective. You yeah. Run, you, you run into it. Well, 20 feet is not subjective, but like Wi-Fi is just so finicky. I. I think you're going to start to run into a problem here where the technology of Wi-Fi just needs to catch up. Right. Um, because stuff like this works. I just feel like some people will definitely have some issues. Like Wi-Fi tends to travel up and out like an umbrella. And so maybe you're not having issues because you're directly above it and your floors aren't made of a certain kind of material. But like I could definitely see, I don't know. Well, the the good part is that they already do offer Oculus Link, which is a wired solution. Yeah. So if you're not able to get this Wi-Fi solution to work with your setup, good. Your options are either upgrade your shit. Yeah. And make it work. Right. Uh, or you plug it in. Now are, nice. they're not charging the the ten dollars like they did with Virtual Desktop, right? No, no. This is just an update. It's already out, I believe, in an experimental mode. Okay. So. The other update, which is really, really cool. I didn't even think this was possible is that. So the original Oculus Quest, 72 hertz, little low for VR. Uh, in fact, I believe that the PSVR is 120 right. hertz and that it used to be said that you needed at least 90 hertz for VR. The Quest 2 uh, got bumped up from 72 to 90, but now they are enabling, through a software update, 120 hertz support. Beautiful. Well, I knew that would come because you could already do it through an unofficial source. Yeah. Does the screen tap out then at 120? Is that what it's... 
set to? I'm assuming, yeah. yeah. If you make it 121, it, it electrocutes you. <laughs> yeah, you just... <laughs> Your Facebook account gets deleted. Yeah. <laughs> you die. So this goes beyond just native Oculus Quest games. They said Oculus Link support for 120 hertz will come in a future release, which makes me wonder if they'll, uh, what am I trying to say? That you'll have the best fidelity with a hardwire over the air option, you know, the Wi-Fi option. Right. Because right now, like when I was experimenting with my quest, there was basically no difference between Wi-Fi and cable right? right. based that's, on the way the quest worked. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So either way, cool. pretty, pretty interesting for cool, them cool. to do that with that update. So either way, the VR landscape is continually changing and becoming, uh, you know, harder to follow. Especially yeah. with a uh, you know PSVR two on the horizon, Valve. I don't really even know what they're fucking doing because the index is just out there. They're making more league videos. I guess they're making <laughs> league videos, <laughs> and the you know the index. I know it's a premiere. Like this is a, a expensive toy for people that have ex- you know expendable income to do this right. Well. I was like, are they ever going to lower the price on it? Or is this just a thousand dollar headset? Yeah, that's always it. and forever. Do you need a Steam account to have that one? Yes. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> you definitely do. <laughs> okay. Dude, I remember when I was forced to make a Steam account for the first time back in like 1997. Damn, dude. Or before. To play one of the Half-Life games, I think. I don't remember when I created my Steam account. It's been a while. Actually... I think I'm a 14 or 15 year member now of damn. Steam. So yeah, that'd be about 97. Yeah, damn. I wonder if it says on my account. It's like a couple, it says how many years you have. That's like a couple years after I was born, Ben. That's true. Okay, Brandon, I got bad news for you. I know what you're going to say. Jeff Kaplan. Yeah, I, I was going to sneak it in there if you didn't oh, already no, have I, it. I got it ready damn, for you. dude. Now, I'm trying to remember what Jeff's actual title is he's he the lead designer of overwatch uh, or just like the team the creative lead yeah something like that i don't know his official title but i do know he was essentially the face oh of yeah overwatch for the entirety up until this point so jeff kaplan is leaving not only overwatch blizzard but blizzard as a whole here is his letter which he has in all lowercase okay which is very odd to me but whatever says, I am leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who gave our games, our game teams, and our players who supported our game. Why? I fucked that up. Who supported our games, our game teams, and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it, it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. GG, Jeffrey Kaplan. Thank oh. God I'm not reading anything else for the rest of this episode. Um, <laughs> Dude, I love that he said GG at the end. He said GG. Perfect. Perfect. So this is, here's the thing though, okay? I'm happy for Jeff. Me too. Honestly, he had a really good run. I can't imagine the stress, especially closer to Overwatch 1. 
um, the constant, constant work that needed to be put in that game and is still put into that game to this day. Um, he's been great in the public eye and everyone loves him. The memes have run and flowed over over the years. And I'm just happy to see that uh, he can gracefully step out. And now there's another guy coming in. And I guess he is a uh, a uh, a guy that's been with Blizzard for years. So, yeah. So the guy they're bringing in is Aaron Keller, who is one of the founding members of the Overwatch team. Yeah. He'll be the game director. And that that's good news. I yeah. mean, I, I think Blizzard has been a company that can you know, is is hit and miss sometimes, but I feel like for the most part, at least with Overwatch, since I've been a fan, have been hitting just right. Um, and I'm honestly, I have faith in them that they put someone in there, especially someone that is a part of the original development team that can continue to carry on the standard um, that Jeff Kaplan and the rest of the team have put forward. So, Jeff Kaplan for Stadia 2. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dude, he moves to Google. That would be the death of him. I will say... It's pro- it's likely that the, his work on Overwatch Two was complete. Whatever his job for the initial launch is, right? I mean, I, I would I wouldn't think. I mean, he seems like a loyal guy. I, I wouldn't think he would quit in the middle of the project. No, I honestly think that Overwatch Two is part near ready. If I had to guess, I'm not saying it's anywhere close to gold, but I feel like he probably had an integral part of oh, yeah. the majority of the development. Um, and based off of what we saw at BlizzCon, it seems like they're well on their way. Um, and I'm sure now it's just a bunch of tweaking, a bunch of tweaking. Um, right. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he even had a large hand in Overwatch 2. We'll probably never know. Um, but Guesses on what Jeff does next. Hopefully hmm. he retires. Yeah. And just every How once in a while. He? He's got to be. He, he's... He's up there. He's early probably 50s? His, yeah, yeah, probably in his 50s if I had to guess. I mean, he's probably made a decent enough living that he could retire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But If uh, he wanted to. But no, man, I just, I hope the best for him. I hope we get to see, you know, I'm hoping he takes a bit of a Reggie type uh, position where he's no longer like there. Right. But he still pops up every once in a while. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll see him around the, the launch of Overwatch 2. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but... Now he can take a step back and just enjoy and celebrate the community and not have to be so stressed about it. So, yeah. So I looked it up. Jeff Kaplan is 48 years old. Okay. Okay. We were close. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Close. But yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's always, I think you guys are right. So I don't want to doom and gloom, but it is always concerning to see a lead dev leave mid development. Right. Um, But as you guys, I think, you know, summed up perfectly is that it seems like they have the right guy in and it's also probably far enough along that it won't be an issue but yeah i hope for me my hope is that jeff you know can just take all of his money hang out for a couple years drink margaritas on the beach Mm. and then maybe maybe he starts a new studio or something maybe he does his own thing i always love that when big Game developers work for the corporate overlords and create like this amazing right. creative project. And then, then they can go on and do their own smaller thing. Yeah. Well, the good thing is there doesn't seem to be. I mean, it seems like it was, hey, I'm just ready to move on. Not there was some kind of I mean, he gave props to them. Even on Twitter, they were shouting him out. Um, it doesn't seem like it's, there's any animosity. So that's always a good sign, too. It's when they leave quietly 
and you find out months later that there's like, oh, what, right. what happened? I have something cute to read you guys. Oh, no. Because I'm on, I just searched Jeff, Jeff Kaplan's name on Twitter. And of course, people also ask, does Jeff Kaplan have a wife? Yeah. <laughs> so I clicked it. For some reason, people are always interested. They're like, yeah. so-and-so's wife or yeah. girlfriend. It says Jeff Kap- Kaplan is married to Angela Kaplan. Kaplan met his wife playing EverQuest who was also part of the Legacy of Steel guild. Oh, that's lovely. So, yeah, he just has video games at his core. He is a gamer. Yeah, and I feel like that shined through every single time I watched a video um, about something of Overwatch. And uh, I don't know, man. He's had a good run. Yeah. And I'm happy to see that, you know, maybe he'll come up with something new in the future. Never know. I, uh, I knew someone. Who got married that met through World of Warcraft. Very nice. I've, met, I've known people that way too. Dude, that they're still married. Ten year over ten years, I believe, and have a lovely family and a kids and dude, that that happens a lot. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I love it yeah, personally. It's, yeah. I would rather I mean, I'm not in this scene at all anymore. And actually the online dating scene was around, but not thriving like it is now when I was dating and got married but thriving in quotes thriving uh <laughs> i i would personally rather meet someone and it doesn't have to be video games but let's just use that because that is something i'm passionate about i would rather meet someone playing video games and getting to know them that way than just like over text on a dating app yeah you know i feel like it's it is telling too yeah when you gotta cooperate um with that said my wife has zero interest in video games but that's you hey know. that's fine too yeah it's not that I would need them to have an interest in video games. It's that if you're going to meet in an impersonal way, quote unquote, then video games are probably the best. It doesn't hurt. Right. If your partner, if, yeah. if you really like video games, it is genuinely fantastic. Well, if your my wife not liking video too. games yeah. just means she doesn't hog the systems or the PC. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Holly uh, likes video games, but it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. She doesn't hog systems, but she knows... You know, I can talk the talk. Right. I, see, I just bought can, Lauren her own system, so I didn't have yeah. to worry about it. Yeah. Holly comes off to me like she likes and enjoys video games, but she doesn't enjoy them for video games' sake. She enjoys them because she likes that game. Like, she doesn't just want to be like, what, what's new coming out? I want to play the newest thing, whatever. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, that's a game I like. I want to play that game. Yes. Not just, I like games. Right. Like, like the three of us. And I think you're dead on with that. But the only distinction I want to make is that a lot of times, and I will say that people assume this of females, Mm -hmm. is that it's like, oh, I like the game girls like. No. And Holly's not like that. I mean, Holly beat Breath of the Wild before I did. So it's just so funny because sometimes I'm like, that's actually like, you play Civilization better than anyone I know. And that's like pretty hardcore. Dude, and your wife has been putting in some major fucking time in Dragon Quest. More than most people, I would say even people that would call themselves fans of the series might yeah. have even put into Dragon Quest. So that's props on her, man. Well, and yeah. her, her brain with Civ is like, she's got to be, I don't know. The I think that the standard typical and maybe this is just because of the way that our brains are formed but like typically you see males excel at civ or games like that Mm. and even 
females who love games and are and are very analytical don't tend to gravitate towards it. And she could whip any man's butt. Oh, not, yeah. maybe not any man, a million, but any percent. man we know. Yes, but in Civ Six. Specifically. She ain't taken no fucking prisoners no. in Civ Six. Here's the thing, though. Last comment: You put a first-person shooter in front of Holly, right. she will not even pick up the controller. Right. She was like, "No, yeah, under no circumstances." She knows what she likes. That's good. Yep. Though she did have a stint with Skyrim. It's not a shooter, but it is first-person. True. Okay. Three quickies. Genshin Impact is coming to PS5 on April 28th with 4K uh, resolution and enhanced textures. Almost lightly considered diving back i feel like i never gave that the full chance i feel like the nail in the coffin for that game for me was the incredibly long and tedious intro yes oh it's bad why is it so fucking long i don't know i've gotten through most of the intro so now might be a good time to pick it back up now that i've completed part of the intro Mm. so that way it won't be as bad portal 2 is now 10 years old yeah happy birthday portal 2 man can't believe it I remember picking that up for Xbox 360. I saw an unopened copy of that in Best Buy when we went. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for real. My buddy and I bucks. bought that game or maybe. No. Oh, this is what it was. My old game site. They sent us. This is before they sent out codes and stuff too much. But they sent us a physical PS3 copy of Portal 2. And I forget which was which, but one of us took the PS3 copy and the other one redeemed it on your st- on their steam account because you could do that then i think oh, it was, I yeah think i had the steam account because i had a better computer at mm. the time i remember that that game's awesome yeah valve what's going on what is it going make on? something else you have a lot of good ips or sell them for god's sakes just sell them just do something just sell them speaking of good games hitman 3 uh the developers confirmed which i looked into the article and they didn't go beyond this statement Hitman 3 sold 300% better than Hitman 2. Ooh, nice. That is good news. That's good news. Keep making them. Although they are making the James Bond game. <laughs> they aren't making Hitman anymore. Sorry. I think they said they're like, oh, yeah, we're not we're not retiring Agent 47 forever. Yeah, right. But they want to do new stuff yeah, for yeah. the time being, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for the show. Damn. So that's it. We are. we. You know what? You, you fuckers in the audience, you know, you've been getting... <laughs> longer episodes for a few weeks now yeah okay so you're just gonna you're just gonna have to take this 50 minute episode it's gonna have to be enough it's gonna have gonna have to be enough yeah but uh no i'm (laughs) I'm just kidding i mean i'm not kidding about the time like i've become increasingly adversarial with uh my audience on twitch and i feel like i feel like that's the right way it's a good dynamic yeah certainly you know, they got, you got to put people in their place. Put them in place. No, That's right. But boys, thank you for joining me. Of course. Today to talk about some video games. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week at the same time, same place. We appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll see you later. The HP Podcast is fan funded through Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Humor and Hobbies. Jared. Felix Tease, Josh Cummings, The Shadow Producer, Edward Walton, Stewie 108, Charles Pedersen, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Josh DeBerry, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Cannon. <laughs>